Is it the end of college football? As we know it, yes, the end is already here. The question is, will it survive and thrive down the road? That's what everybody's wondering right now with this crazy transfer portal stuff and the NIL and the collectives and everything, and nobody seems to be in charge of anything. You know, we finally got some of the commissioners coming together now and saying we got to do something about this. At least we have some stories out there, and you uh, saw, you know, uh, a lot of the administrators in college football starting to talk yesterday with stories surfacing that they're ready, and I think they realize what's going on. It is not good. You saw Gene Smith, the Ohio State athletic director, talking about all of the schools uh, in the uh, you know in the FBS who offer 85 scholarships. They maybe they need to come together and set their own rules, but something has to get done because it doesn't seem like anything's getting done now except a lot of cheating. And a lot of tampering. And a lot of, you know, hey, you want to come here? Here's what we have for you. And this stuff, we all used to know some of this stuff was going on behind the scenes. There's too much money in college football for it not to be happening for a long time. But to this extent, and with no rules and regulations and the NCAA saying, you know what? I'm out. It's just, it's really ugly right now. As ugly as it's ever been. Well, and I think the most disheartening part of it, Mike, as we touched on yesterday, is the reality that cheating is technically legal the way the way that everything is written and codified right now. Yeah. And yeah. so not you, you you can't ding these institutions and you can't ding these boosters because they're playing by the rules. It's just that the rules aren't written in such a way as to ensure fairness or a holistic future for college football. You know who's leading college football right now? Mule shoot. No, it's like a substitute teacher oh. has shown up. You know, at least back in my day, when you had a substitute teacher, and major props to anybody who's a substitute teacher, you're doing God's work, so thank you. But when, for instance, we had uh, homeroom in our first hour with Butch Peters, the old Norman High School offensive line coach and girls volleyball coach, great guy. I got a record 17 swats from him. Uh, wow. You know, How'd you manage I, that? Oh, I tried. I tried my best to set the record, and I did. But That's quite and, an ignominious record to set. Butch was tough but fair. He was tough but fair. I love the guy, by the way. Even though he gave me 17 swats, he was awesome. But I deserved every one of them, probably double that. But at the same time, you know, we had that, I wouldn't say fear, but respect of him because we knew we couldn't get out of line. And I knew when I got out of line, my derriere was going to pay the price, and it did 17 times my sophomore year because I was a jackass. But, again, we had that level of uh, respect, and we knew that if we stepped out of line, you know, we were going to have, have to pay for it. When the substitute teacher showed up, it was, man, there are no rules. You know, what's your name? I remember we all answered by a college basketball player because she didn't have the rule book. It's <laughs> so like, what's your name? Sidney Moncrief. What about you? Marvin Delph. Yeah, I'm Ron Brewer. And, like, Peters came back in, like, the next Monday. I need to see Sidney Moncrief, uh, Marvin Delph, uh, Larry Bird, uh, okay, Steely, John Todd, Kevin Ellis. That's you. And he, he knew it. He didn't even have to have a spy network. But we knew, again, the substitute teacher came in, and guess what? We took over, man. We took over. No discipline, no rules, no anything. I felt sorry for her. She was a fine older lady, but we made her life miserable that day. 
that's what's going on in college football right now. But there's not even a substitute. It's just like you show up to class and there's no teacher there. Nothing. That lets the weasels like Muleshoe get away with what they're getting away with right now. You know, basically looking at everybody's roster and seeing how can we back-channel this and reach out to this guy and get him on our roster. Now, again, you have to have no shame like Muleshoe, but that's what's going on in college football. You never had the substitute teacher back in the day? I did. But it I, was, I, you weren't it, as bad as we, we were. We didn't raise hell for the substitute teachers the way it sounded like you did. It's not like we tore apart the classroom, but we just had a good time. But again, we felt like, what is she going to do? Man, we're doing what we want. Do your equations. Now, I'd rather read this comic book right now, Miss Substitute, if that's all right with you. You know, it was kind of that kind of deal. It's not like we tore apart the classroom, but again, we just felt like we could do whatever. There were no rules. That's college football. And like we said yesterday, Lincoln Riley is the dude right now as the city is burning and the riots are taking place. He's the dude who is grabbing the expensive electronics and running away out, out of the store because there are no rules. Lincoln Riley is the looter in this scenario. And you know what happens once you have one looter. Then everybody else Then everybody looting. sees the guy that's looting. They're like, well, oh, shoot, I can loot too. That's All right, exactly let's right. Go. Yes, and... I don't know if you have the uh, the CC cameras out there where you can go back like the feds did, you know, on the uh, storming the Capitol and say, all right, dude in the buffalo hats, we found you. <laughs> all right, uh, hillbilly from West Virginia that had the 12-gauge, we found you. You know, all of that. You can't really – you can't even rely on that here at all. It's just – I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And it dri- it's driving us crazy because – we love college football so much. It's something we hold very dear around here, and a lot of people around the country love college football. We don't want to see it, you know, completely go to you know where in a handbasket. By the way, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, one of our listeners says, I respect someone going out to set records. Literally put your butt on the line. <laughs> well, I was an idiot, and I'm still an idiot, but I was even a bigger idiot back then. Another listener asks, and I think this is the biggest question, as we think about parity across the sport, and look, say what you will about Alabama's dynasty, and well, there is no parity in college football. Alabama just wins titles every year. No, what Alabama's doing is completely out of character when you're talking about really the modern sports world as a whole. There is no team that has been able to dominate the landscape of any particular sport for as long as Alabama has over the last decade and a half. You have to go back to what the Celtics, Bill Russell's Celtics, UCLA was UCLA basketball under yeah, John Wooden probably, you know, late 60s into the uh, early 70s. But the question from the Air Comfort Solutions text line is, can you win a national championship in the NIL era as it exists today if your donor base is not mega wealthy and dirty and your university is simply looking the other way? Excellent, excellent. 11 out of 10. That one went to 11, like the, uh, the amplifiers in uh, Spinal Tap. That's an 11 right there. That's a great question. That's to me, and that's kind of what we were getting at the other day when we're talking about, you know, what Brent Venables is talking about. We all love it. It's old school. It's you expect, uh, you know, players to be on time. You expect him to follow the rules, details, all of that stuff. 
It is – I love the formula. I think it's great. I think it's great. But if A&M or Mule Shoe, they're just going to dole out cash and, you know, hey, come, you know, you know, be in a video with Snoop Dogg or Will Ferrell or whoever the USC guy or gal is in that uh, social media video, and, they're you know, they're going to look the other way. And a lot of people thought, what was Lincoln Riley's frustration that we heard about? Man, the compliance department's very, very stingy. Very, There are sticklers around here. How bad does that sound, by the way? Man, the compliance department, they really want to play by the rules, I guess. Man, that's making my job difficult. We should have known when we were hearing those rumblings that Mule Shoe, again, and, and that at that point, people were complaining about the compliance department, right? It was the compliance department. Wow. How can you be that strict with the rules? Look, we all had the crimson colored glasses on at that time, myself included. Man, and what's compliance doing? And now we know that they were trying to do things the right way. And we didn't know the extent of Mealshoe's hypocritical nature. We saw hints of it with Austin Kendall and Chandler Morris, but we didn't know how deep that well ran. And now we know. It's a very deep, bottomless well, it looks like. And I want to get to this point from the Air Comfort Solutions text line because I think it's a very compelling one. It might be one that we need to unpack on the other side of the break. But one of our listeners from the 918 texted to say, here is how I see the next five years in college football playing out if everyone just sits on their hands and does nothing. I actually see some NCAA players making more than NFL players for two reasons. One, NFL owners are billionaires, but there's only one billionaire paying the payroll. Also, the NFL has a salary cap. Some of these colleges have dozens of billionaires, and there is not an NCAA salary cap. Two, NFL players are locked into multi-year contracts. The NCAA players are basically on a one-year contract. So you will have free agency and bidding wars essentially every year. If I was a college coach, I would be scared to death that my whole team goes out and gets an agent over the summer. The coaches see half their squad in the transfer portal. I know the players are loving the culture at OU, but if some other school throws out seven-figure offers, they'll leave. You would too. And, and again, that's the question that we're talking about. What culture will win out? I believe that, look, you can't sit here and say that Oklahoma is you know, just going to turn away NIL. They're not. We saw the one for Oklahoma Collective. There are more on the way. They know what's going on. They're smart people making decisions over there. But there are also guys over there that are professional that, for the most part, almost, you know, to 100% follow the rules in the administration. They're going to continue to do that. And if you've got some other people, you know, a short-term way to get by sometimes, right, is the get-rich-quick scheme. And then, or the dude who charges up, you know, gets a bunch of credit cards and looks like, man, that guy's got it going. Then all of a sudden, guess what? He's totally filing bankruptcy or whatever. But what will win out in the short term? It could be these NIL sleaze bags that are doing it the wrong way, that are paying for players. It was supposed to be about name, image, and likeness, not about buying somebody to come to your university. But in the short term, that may very well win out. We don't know. It's almost like a battle of good versus evil. You know, it's funny. At the beginning, when NIL legislation came across the table, everybody's like, oh, okay, we're getting the NCAA football video game back. Yeah, that was. And now. <laughs> that's right. And now it's dystopia. 
I get to run the option again, man, in NCAA football. Oh, wait, college football is going to be done in five years. It's going to be a professional sport, a semi-pro league. Anyway, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. That's some good stuff already on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. Really good stuff. 405-651-3439. That, to me, is the biggest question. Who wins the short term? Who wins the long term? Mule Shoe and his type, you know, the pig pens that are walking around with all the dirt and the grime swirling around because they're so dirty, they might win the short term to a certain extent. All right, we'll hear what Bob Stoops had to say about it on the ref yesterday when we get back in one College football personality says coaches may be leaving the sport in droves soon. We'll get to that when we get back. All right, welcome back to the College Football is Over show. I'm Mike Steely along with Parker Thune here on the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Welcome in. Hope you're th- uh, Wednesday. It's Wednesday, actually, not Thursday yet. Thursday's tomorrow. How is everybody? Well, the four horsemen of the college football apocalypse are riding over the horizon right now. You know them well. The NIL, the transfer portal, Mule Shoe, (laughs) and Jimbo Fisher. They are carrying their deadly sickles, ready to slay college football as we know it. The end is near. Which one's the worst? The NIL, the portal, Mule Shoe, or Jimbo Fisher? Who is the uh, who is the deadliest one of those four horsemen of the college football apocalypse? I mean, <laughs> oh my! I mean, the, the answer you have to go with is NIL, but I feel like if we can pin it all on Mule Shoe, that's what everybody wants. <laughs> have you ever you ever seen that comic from way back in the day? It's one of those just one frame comics where. It's like it's the kid up at the front of the classroom standing next to his grandfather, and the caption is, this is my grandpa. He's going to explain why this country is going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. <laughs> I'm playing the role of grandpa right now, unfortunately. Exactly. How, what is a handbasket, by the way? How do you go to that place in a handbasket? Does the handbasket have wheels on it? I don't know what the handbasket is, but apparently you can take a one-way trip to you-know-where, a very bad place in a handbasket. I'm not sure what it is. but So I wouldn't if somebody says, hey, man, care to hop in my handbasket? I would say no thanks. No thank you. But those really are the four horsemen of the college football apocalypse. Mule Shoe, Jimbo Fisher, the NIL and the transfer portal. I'm with you. Is there anybody else that belongs as one of the four horsemen? <sighs> well, see, you can kind of throw all the boosters into one giant conglomerate, but mm-hmm. thats I don't think that's nearly as sexy as the four horsemen that you've dreamed up. Mule Shoe, Jimbo, NIL, and the portal. That's it. If you want to suggest somebody else for one of the four horsemen of the college football apocalypse, please do. 405 6 Five one thirty four thirty nine of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, Bob Stoop, so good, so very good and entertaining every Tuesday on the rush with uh, Teddy and Tyler. And yesterday, Bob Stoops talked about the current state. It's not good for college football. You know, be careful what you wish for. All of a sudden, it may be totally different than what it's it's heading heading that way. Totally different than what we've been used to. My opinion. You know, we need a new leadership group. The NCAA and the way it's been has really failed overall. I mean, I don't know that, you know, what, who goes 
by any rules anymore and who gets, you know, how they enforce it just seems so ambiguous and so uh ah, look at Oklahoma State with their basketball program and what happened brutal. to them. How how wrong. Brutal. Just just so wrong and so late, you know, insignificant to the people who actually did it. And then other teams, you know, there's nothing happens to them. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. It just happens in football too. So it's I don't know. I, I've uh, been very disillusioned for a long, long time on the NCAA and just through my football years and how they enforce things or don't. And uh, so, who knows? Maybe we need to have a, a new league of you know Power Five teams that have their own have their own league and uh, with their own whatever it be, commissioner and or governing board. <laughs> you may have to put a salary cap on everybody, <laughs> on every team. Who knows? I don't know. You know, again, I'm not living it like these other people are, but from afar, it looks like right now nobody has control of anything. So yeah. it's just have at it, you know, and that's – I don't know if that's ever good. Even the NFL has some rules, restrictions, guidelines, salary caps, right, sure. all of that. And I, I don't know right now – college football has any of that so it's uh have at it all right so bob stoops for commissioner yes well you know that commissioner that new commissioner's got a major cleanup job man a major cleanup job right it's like you want to go in and restore uh, maybe an old house from the uh, early 1900s or something you think man if we can get this fixed up this will look really cool we put a fresh coat of paint on it you know Kind of improve things, and you go in the house like, oh, my God, this thing is so, ruined. So what you're saying here is it's somewhat akin to taking a head coaching job at a university that's coming off its most dire spell in program history. Somewhat, yes. It's not like being given the keys to a Mercedes that already is running like a well-oiled machine. But what I'm saying As is... As some fortunate ones were given that opportunity and it wasn't good enough. What I'm saying is, is it any? Is it a taller task than what Bob Stoops faced when he took the head coaching job at Oklahoma? Well, that's a very good point. No, that you talk about that was, man, that was like FEMA coming into a disaster cleanup. That, that coaching staff was basically FEMA coming in. Because that was a t- I mean, that was as low as I've ever seen Oklahoma football. It was so low that the OU fans were taunting Kansas coach Glenn Mason walking off Owen Field, screaming at him because he they thought he ran up the score on Oklahoma. The head coach at Kansas. Howard Schnellenberger was comic relief. John Blake, great guy, loved John Blake, gregarious, fun. Had a great spirit about him, but he wasn't ready to be a college head coach. It was a lot for John Blake. A good position coach, good recruiter. Bended the rules somewhat. A lot of people did back then, but he wasn't ready for that job. Bob Stoops came in, and, man, you talk about a transformation. So, See, what you need at this point at the forefront of college football is somebody who's going to make meaningful change and walk in and start getting stuff done from day one. We can start Bob Stoops' campaign right now. The only problem right now is Bob Stoops is living his best life, you know, and all of a sudden to go in and try and do that. You know, he can do it for a while, I'm sure. Like he came in and uh, the, the sooner Titanic was headed to the iceberg and Bob stepped, you know, stepped aboard and steered OU away from the iceberg. 
and did a great job. But, yeah, I mean, a guy like Bob Stoops would be great, uh, but somebody's got to step up. It, it seems like what we're seeing now, that people know how serious this is, and they know, uh, you know, here's the deal. If somehow the money becomes affected and the athletic departments figure out somehow, you know what, maybe we can lose money somehow. Or if fans started calling the universities and said, you know what, not buying season tickets anymore. Guess what? Things would change, boom, super quickly, super quickly. Uh, I don't think we're to that point yet, but we're sailing in that direction. Here's what Paul Feinbaum said yesterday about the current situation with college football coaches, and uh, most of them have a disdain as to what's going on right now. I had a coach tell me uh, off the air the other day, a head coach in a major conference, that he said there's just no way a school like ours can keep up because, you know, we have certain principles, we have, uh, you know, requirements, and we don't have the money. Uh, and, I, and he said, uh, even if we did, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. And, and he indicated to me, so I, I, don't know, I don't know really whether I want to stay in college football that much longer. He, he's somebody that's been in the pros. That's pretty obvious. Um, and, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Hmm. What are you talking about? Chip Kelly? I mean, is it Chip Kelly he's talking about? He was some, he's somebody who's in the pros. But our school, we, you know, we can't keep up. Well, okay, somebody who's been in the pros. Yep. We can Power 5. Power 5. We can narrow it down to a short list. We'll do that in the break and then decide who uh who gave Fine Mom the quote. Okay. Yeah. Been in the that. pros is a Power 5 coach. I'm thinking it there might be Chip Kelly. I mean, he fits the description. I mean, UCLA's got some money, but they don't have plus he's dealing with Muleshoe, man. He's dealing with the uh, the outlaw. My first guess would have been Mel Tucker, I think. Yeah, I don't but, know if it means in the pros like as a head coach or not. Uh, who knows? But we'll try and figure that out. You can help us out also on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I know we've got a lot rolling in. We're going to get to as many as we can. You guys keep them coming in. 405-651-3439. That is the number in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We also have Jesse Crittenden, sports editor, Norman Transcript, talking Sooner football. He's going to talk about all the issues going on with college football, too, when we get back. Stay here. All right, we are back. It is Wednesday, Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. Good to have you along. We're going to get, I promise you guys, that we're going to get to as many of those texts as we can in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Some people saying Lane Kiffin or maybe Bobby Petrino. Yeah, Lane Kiffin sounds like, you know, I totally forgot about Lane Kiffin being in the NFL and being uh, not very successful. Yeah, no, Lane Kiffin's school is going to be able to keep up, though. Yeah, that's, that's not I, what I'm worried I, about. I'm still thinking maybe Chip Kelly because he's thinking, now, geez, now I've got Lincoln Riley out here in the wild, wild west. The man has no shame, Muleshoe, and i got to deal with him now. You know, we're we are actually a step ahead of them right now. They, they drilled USC again last year, but now he's thinking, now you get Muleshoe without a sheriff anywhere around and he's just going through the town, you know, picking off people. I'm going to dig into this. We will get to the bottom of who it is. Okay. Let's bring in Jesse Crittenden right now, sports editor, Norman Transcript. We have been talking about uh, issues in college football, and there are many of them, Jesse. What, to you, is the number one issue, the one thing that you think is sending uh, college football down a very dark path right now? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of 
there's a lot of things going around and, and a lot of things to choose from. But I, I think the biggest thing to me is is tampering in the transfer portal, uh, mostly mostly because it, I think it's kind of perverted a, a system that was intended to give um, players more freedom. I mean, but I, I think it's I think it's it, it's kind of perverted that system, and it's also incredibly difficult to stop it it's incredible it's incredibly difficult to trace it it's, it's kind of like the wild west and i think it's it's basically turned the transport portal into into free agency or even almost a almost a bigger version of free agency and i think there's going to be a lot of there's a potential for a lot of schools to come in and, and tamper with players and the and the, the teams where those current players are at there's there's not really a whole lot they can do about it jesse what do you think about about this bizarre character arc for Lincoln Riley. Six months ago, he probably could have won in a landslide if he'd run for governor of Oklahoma. And now he's been completely and thoroughly vilified, not just in the eyes of Sooner fans, but there are those who would argue he is the biggest villain in college football right now. How bizarre is this to watch? It's, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this, to be honest with you. Um, not Especially not at Oklahoma, but I don't know if there's ever been this turn of character or a turn of or a turn of or perception on on anybody in college football like this before, and and it, and it's continued. I mean, I think some of the stuff from him going to USC has subsided a little bit, but now you've got this Jordan Addison stuff and and potentially you know tampering at the transfer portal. I mean, it's I mean he's he's become. I mean, he went from a, a beloved college coach, and I think even outside of Oklahoma, he was a super respected offensive mind. And coach, to I mean, I think he's, I mean, even outside of Oklahoma, to some, he's he's probably the biggest villain in college football and one of the most unlikable characters. I really, there there just aren't many cases like this that we've ever seen before. It's it's really something. It is, you know, and um, I don't know if we've ever even had a pro wrestler who started out as a good guy that became, you know, the biggest villain in 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 you know fake wrestling. I don't know. But Lincoln Riley seems to be fitting that bill right now. You know, and, and the issue is, Jesse, that we look at the NCAA and the NCAA is, you know, uh, coming after Scott Frost for having a, you know, a consultant, you know, conducting film sessions and making some in-game decisions. And they're fining him and suspending him for five days while the complete world is on fire around them. You know, they're, that's the decision they make. We know how ridiculous they can be and how long it can take. And like Bob Stoops was saying in the soundbite when he was on the rush yesterday, what happened to Oklahoma State basketball was absolutely criminal. I mean, just ridiculous. But let's face it. Let's say that we found out through good sources or we just knew that, hey, guess what? The IRS is down to like they only have like four agents this year. You know, they're laid off everybody and they've got like four agents to control everything and look at everybody. Well, guess what? We might start taking some extra deductions then, right? If we knew there were no rules or if we thought, man, we could get away with this. And that's what's going on in college football. Now, look, some would do it more or less than others. Muleshoe would claim every deduction known to mankind, of course, in that situation. But it's, it's almost like that when you feel like there is nobody there that can come after you or say you can't do this. You know, that's what we've got to get to somehow, because it's almost like the NCAA, uh, which at one time, you know, way back when maybe looked somewhat like Mike Tyson 
and now they look like Pee Wee Herman. I mean, they just they look like a total weakling in the whole deal, and nobody is afraid of what can happen right now. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's there's a lot of arguments maybe to be made about, you know, I mean, like the, I don't, I don't know if morality is the right word, but the judgment on whether NIL is good or, or whether what's happening in college football when it comes to that stuff is good. I, I think the bigger issue is that they kind of, I mean, once the NIL stuff happened last year, um, it, it made it to where it really was kind of the Wild West, and now the NCAA is trying to put the, I mean, they're trying to put the rabbit back in the hat. And I think once you let that out, I mean, I don't know how you're, I don't know how you're supposed to, I don't know how you're supposed to do one thing and then completely try to turn it around or make, or make limits or make infractions or whatever after you, after you make that initial ruling. So I think NCAA, the NCAA is constantly being caught in, in catch up mode and also, and, and it, it makes, it makes it hard for them to try to have any kind of consistency or any kind of, objectivity or any kind of impartiality i mean the, the ncaa is almost willingly fighting an uphill battle and it's 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 really weird to see now jesse if you're looking at this new era of college football in which nil enticements are in all technicality legal and schools are going to have to worry about their greatest on-field assets being poached every offseason it's pretty obvious that if you believe this is indeed the new direction of college football, that you'd have to say Oklahoma is behind the curve when it comes to preparing to fight those battles. Do you worry about that at all, or do you think that this thing is going to, I guess, do you think the pendulum is going to swing into the other direction such that it's not going to be as much of an issue down the line as some folks maybe believe at this point in time? I I think I mean there could be some small adjustments to to what we've seen over the last few months when it comes to NIL stuff, but I mean, like I, I mean, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I, I just don't think you can put the rabbit back in the hat once you let it out. And so I think, on and I think unfortunately, if you're a program like Oklahoma, I mean, unless something drastic happens, which I truly don't think is likely, at least not anytime soon or any kind of major changes, I do think, I mean, I think there is going to have to be some emphasis on playing catch-up when it comes to this. Now, Brent Venables has talked, I mean, I don't think Brent Venables has ever said he, he loves NIL or, or loves the direction or anything like that, but, I mean, he has shown a willingness to, I think, at least accept some of the changes that are happening. And, so, and I do think, I mean, I think Oklahoma is in the position of a lot of other schools right now and kind of, the, the landscape has changed so quickly, and there's uh, to me, there's no indication that's going to change anytime soon. So, I think I think we're going to see a bigger emphasis from Oklahoma probably in in the coming years when it comes to catching up on NIL stuff. Yeah, and and look, they're going to do what they they can do, and and try and do it obviously within the rules. That's the way this administration operates, and uh, there are plenty. Uh, enough people around this state that love Oklahoma football so much that they'll find a way. Now, I'm not saying they're going to have as much money as Texas or A&M or uh, they won't be as crooked as uh, what's going on with uh, SC or what looks to be very shady at Texas A&M right now, but they'll find a way because Oklahoma's football program is too important to the state and so many people. But it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's going to be very interesting. Jesse, really good stuff as usual. We'll uh, talk again soon. Have a great Wednesday. Appreciate you guys. 
Jesse Crittenden, the sports editor, Norman Transcript. All right, let's get to a break real quick here because we want to get as many texts in as we can in our next segment. Riverwind Casino Beats and Bites 2022 begins on May 28th with a great show. Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas, May 28th, outdoors at Riverwind. Then in June, Everclear, Sister Hazel. And Deep Blue Something will be on the Beats and Bites stage in June on the 18th. Two great shows in July, the Randy Rogers Band and Scotty McCreary. July 30th for Scotty McCreary. Earlier in July, the Randy Rogers Band on July 9th, followed by a great fireworks show. The best food trucks, games for the kids. You can bring your pet. Craft beer from Coop Ale Works. It's a great time outdoors at Beats and Bites at Riverwind Casino, back for a sixth year. You can get your tickets to all of these individual shows right now for only 5 bucks a piece. That's a heck of a deal right now at Riverwind. Simply the best. All right, break time. Nothing but your texts on the text line, presented by our friends at Air Comfort Solutions, 405-651-3439. We are riding a crazy train right now in college football. No doubt about it. Hopefully it won't com- go completely off track, but it's it's not a guarantee. Stay here. We're coming right back. All right. Welcome back. Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Yes, I can see them right now. I'm looking through my binoculars. It is the four horsemen of the college football <laughs> apocalypse. There on the left, I see... That's the NIL. Right next to the NIL, that's the portal. Oh, my. Wait. Is that? It is. It's Lincoln Muleshoe Riley riding the third horse. And right next to him, that's, he's coming into, oh, it's Jimbo Fisher. So it's the NIL, it's the portal, it's Muleshoe and Jimbo Fisher, the four horsemen of the college football Apocalypse, carrying famine, debt to college football and big NIL dollars, and a cell phone tampering with every player, not even if they're in the portal yet. Uh, Lincoln Riley was riding his horse with a cell phone, by the way, attached, you know, well, actually had the uh, Bluetooth you know, <laughs> while he was riding his horse, Gosh, trying I, to make deals. I haven't seen a Bluetooth in a decade. <laughs> okay, so... I put together a list of 11 candidates that could have been the coach that gave the quote to Paul Feinbaum. Okay. We're going to get to the bottom of this. All right. Uh, To the best of my research, there are 11 candidates in the Power Five that fit Feinbaum's vague description. I have eliminated Jed Fish of Arizona, Mel Tucker of Michigan State, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and Jim Harbaugh of Michigan because – they're recruiting well. It wouldn't make sense for them to make a comment like that. I have eliminated Chip Kelly and Sark because they're at a rich school, and they're not falling behind. UCLA, you think, has got a ton of money, though? Yes. Okay. All right. You may be right. I am I, – okay. Actually, sorry. I, I miscounted. There were 12 candidates. There was another one I eliminated. Herm Edwards because he already got dinged for cheating. Yeah. So he's not going to complain about people skirting the rules. So that brings us down to five. We're going to have to do some uh, criminal mind-style behavioral analysis to try and figure out which of these five. we have any DNA evidence anywhere? Fingerprints? It anything? It could be. I have narrowed it down to these five. Brett Bielema at Illinois. Okay. Greg Schiano at Rutgers. Ah, okay. Yeah. Carl Durrell at Colorado. P.J. Fleck at Minnesota. Or Paul Christ at Wisconsin. 
P.J. Fleck had some time in the NFL? He did. Where was he? Both as a uh, as a player and as a coach. I'm, ah, trying to, okay. I'm also trying to remember where exactly he coached. Uh, but regardless, those are all guys that spent time in the NFL, uh, which, by the way, Fleck was the wide receivers coach for the Buccaneers okay. for a single season. Gotcha. So I think out of those five, I would probably say Greg Schiano. Yeah, I, I because I Rutgers agree like Rutgers has already been lagging behind the rest of college football for years and years. You can make the case that outside of Kansas and Vanderbilt, that's the most inept program in the entire Power Five. And as we've talked about all week, when you have something like name, image, likeness legislation that is poised to widen the chasm of parity in college football all the more, it would make sense for a guy like Greg Schiano. To make that comment. Well, they've got that uh, pig stand that the Sopranos used to run back in the day. Or what was the name of the uh, strip club that Tony ran? They could sign NIL deals there in New Jersey, right? I don't know. Rutgers is the state school of New Jersey, by the way, too. It's not like there's a University of New Jersey, not that I know of. But, yeah, it may very well be Greg Schiano. Do we have time to get to a couple texts? And I promise you guys we're going to get as many in. We don't have a guest next hour. We can pretty much roll with it. All right. One listener says, as far as your four horsemen, replace the portal with NCAA or Mark Emmert. They're the ones that open Pandora's box with no guidelines. That's a, there's a good argument, yes. We put the uh, – maybe it's we need to perform an exorcism is what we need. We need, like, college football as Linda Blair levitating above the bed and the exorcist. We need a good priest. We need some holy water. We need some holy water also to throw on college football. I tell you where you can get some holy water, and there's no doubt about it. It's right out of Barry by God Switzer's faucet. You know there's holy water flowing out of there. So go talk to Coach Switzer. All right, another listener says, suggestion to fix all this. If you transfer, you have to sit out a year. Second, you can't receive NIL until your second year on campus. It all sounds good, but again, gonna what's going to lawyers like to do lawyery things? Well, you can't do that to my client, you know. Sam in Tulsa says, my analogy for NIL is as follows. Imagine a very devout priest suddenly <laughs> turning into Charles Manson. Oh, uh, I don't think I would go mule shoe to Charlie Manson, but it is a funny analogy, although... I don't think Muleshoe's totally evil. He's just, in the college football world, yes. Probably as a regular person, family man, probably pretty good. Another says, I think the worst is Jimbo. He turned something that was supposed to allow kids to make money and made it bribery for recruiting. That slime ruined it all. So we definitely have, I think people are definitely going to have uh, Muleshoe and uh, Jimbo Fisher as two of the four horsemen. And I, I say the other two are the NIL and the portal. One of our listeners thinks it was definitely P.J. Fleck that gave the quote because he's at a decent school in Minnesota, but he has to contend with the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. Yeah, I. I the thing is, P.J. Fleck is youthful and exuberant and operates with a sense of eternal optimism with mm-hmm. the whole row the boat stuff. Yeah, I think it's far more likely that that quote from came from somebody that's a bit older and more jaded like a Greg Schiano or a uh, – Brett Bielema, for instance. We'll get to the bottom of it. By the way, again, that boat, if you're on the boat now, man, you better have a lot of cash in that boat. 
a treasure chest full of NIL money. All right, we got a break right here. We got another hour to go. I promise you, look, I filibustered. My apologies. But we are going to mainly focus on your texts next hour. Stay with us here on The Ref. And if you're just joining us, thank you. It is hour number two here on a Wednesday. I am the man of steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars, as far as you know. Along with the five-star recruit out of the OUJ school, the one, the only Parker Thune. It is Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. It's going to be uh, a little uh, nasty out there weather-wise today. Severe weather, perhaps, coming in in the afternoon. It was raining when I came in this afternoon, but it is not right now, at least here in lovely Norman, Oklahoma. By the way, Mike, I came to a conclusion. Okay. It was Brett Bielema. You know how I decided that? Mm-mm. What is Feinbaum noteworthy for being? SEC guy. SEC guy. Which one of our five finalists coached in the SEC for quite a while? Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema was at Arkansas. I always thought the move from Wisconsin to Arkansas was kind of strange, right? Yeah, that's a. Those are two very different football cultures. Yes, absolutely, and just cultures in general. Yeah, it's like Muleshoe going from OU to USC, though. So. I know. Freaking Muleshoe, that guy. Oh. Cage match, have we signed a deal yet? I'll be the Norman Avenger. I'll carry any foreign object into the ring that I need. I'll even dress in tights. Not, you know, well, no, I'll dress in a singlet. No, I, so I was I was leaning towards Shiano being the one to have given Feinbaum that quote, but then I realized, you know what? Fine mom's probably chatting off the air with his SEC cronies more so than anybody else. So, Bielema. Wasn't also the quote, though, our, like, our school can't keep up? Yes. Okay, so. And Bielema's yeah. at Illinois now. Yeah, that's. Which definitely um, cannot keep up. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's right. What was the quote from Feinbaum? The quote was, you want to play it again? Uh, because we have been referencing it a couple times. But this is what Feinbaum said. A, a college coaches have been saying, man, you know what? I don't know if I want to do this. But this is the full quote where he mentions a certain coach who was in the NFL uh, at one point. So go ahead and run it one more time. I had a coach tell me uh, off the air the other day, a head coach in a major conference that, he said, there's just no way a school like ours can keep up because, you know, we have certain principles, we have, uh, you know, requirements, and we don't have the money. Uh, and, I, and he said, uh, even if we did, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. And, and he indicated to me, so I, I don't know, I don't know really whether I want to stay in college football that much longer. He, he's somebody that's been in the pros. That's pretty obvious. Um, and, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Brad Bielema. Yeah, and you know who was saying the same thing the other day? We played the soundbite. Kirby Smarts. He said that coach has been telling him not only, and this was even before the uh, the portal became, you know, the disaster that it is. And, well, not so much the portal, but NIL combined with the portal. That, number one, you were busy enough. You were busy enough just doing, you know, your regular routine as a college football coach before the portal became such a big presence in all of those coaches' lives in their uh, routine. And now you throw the NIL on top of that, and they're like, man, they're going to be coaches bailing because college football is too much. There is too much to worry about, too much to do. If you want to spend any time with your family, good luck. 
Good well, luck. And if you're the head coach at a smaller school, or not not even necessarily a smaller school, but a less prestigious football institution like an Illinois, for instance, what is the most time-consuming aspect of a coach's job, Mike? Recruiting. It's recruiting. And why would you bother building all these relationships – Doing your best to get these athletes on your campus, on official visits, spending time around your program with the goal of getting them to commit. If, even if you are to get them committed to your institution, they're still going to be a hot commodity for high-end blue blood power five programs via the transfer portal with NIL enticements if they turn out to be a really good player at the college level. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what has Brent been preaching a lot? He wants, uh, you know, relationships with his players, not not for them to be intentional, not transactional, right? And to mean something beyond football. And you're not just, hey, guess what? There's Danny Stutzman, man. He's a $1.2 million linebacker. No, he's Danny Stutzman's student, you know, a son, also a football player with a future in football, and guess what? Beyond football after that. So I think he's trying to prepare uh, all of his players with the sole mission and everything else, uh, you know, for more than just being a an expenditure for some collective, you know, and goodbye after five years or whatever. So I don't know. It's um, – I did see some encouraging stuff yesterday, and I don't know how much of this is just, you know, people posturing. Because somebody, you know, you can talk all you want. Politicians always, a lot of them just talk, 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 promise, 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 and then none of the work gets done, or they don't follow through, right? Well, we saw Gene Smith, the uh, Ohio State AD. We saw Ross uh, Dellinger's report again about all of these uh, administrators wanting to get together and try and do something to create some rules and some structure. And maybe we move into all of the FBS schools coming together uh, collectively and putting together a structure where they govern themselves. We've been talking about that for a while, that eventually that would be the end result, that the schools, the FBS schools, uh, you know, and I think uh, the Ohio State AD was the one who said, you know, if, we, if you have 85 scholarships, you're on a different playing field than everybody else. It's totally different. It's not the same. The rules shouldn't be the same. So maybe that happens, and that's what comes out of this. But right now, man, it's just uh, it's got it's got um, everybody feeling very sleazy about it. Do you ever have, have you ever walked into a place and just felt like it was sleazy and you're like, man, I don't want to be here? Yes, many a time. I oddly have that feeling, and I have no frame of reference for why I have this feeling, but I have that feeling every time I drive through Minneapolis, Kansas on my way home. Or an establishment or something, uh, I, I don't know, or... I remember a long, long time ago, and look, I'm no pristine angel. I'm far from it. But I can just remember walking into a party with some friends of mine, and there were a bunch of idiots in there, and there was a bunch of white powder everywhere, and there were a bunch of snaws, and there were a bunch of people that it was just felt like. So it was a cornstarch party? Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, it felt like I was just like, man, this has got a bad vibe. I'm out of here. No, stay. 
nope, sorry, I'm out of here. And it just, I mean, my entire body was like, just felt like this is just total sleaze. And I, that's how it, we're going to start feeling about college football if we don't change some things. But I, I was encouraged to see that yesterday we're starting to at least talk seriously about, seriously about it. And I'm sure there are discussions going on right now. But somebody, you know, a group of people or somebody needs to, you know, not just talk about it, start doing something. Or we're going down it. We're careening down the road. Uh, you know, uh, we're going 150 in a 35 mile an hour zone, dodging traffic, and it's it's just not good. I'm all for the NIL. I think most of us are, because we know that the uh, college kids should be sharing a pretty good piece of the pie because there's a lot of pie to go around. But like I said, a lot of the pie is starting to rot now. It's not a good pie. And it's no longer NIL, right? This is no longer about the athlete's name, image, and likeness. It's enticement. This is about the rich people getting the best athletes to their school. Did you see the tweet yesterday with some Longhorn Yahoo? Uh, it always that, is. That said that Red McCombs was ready to offer $5 million a year to, like, Jordan Addison or something like that. The tweet got taken down. Oh, okay. Was it but Ian Boyd? I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was. But, um, you know, it just was, uh, you know, one of those deals where when you initially see it, like, yeah, yeah it doesn't surprise me. And then it, it may have been total BS. I think it was. But you see that and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can believe that. There's a bidding war going on. This is crazy. Absolutely insane. Okay, want to get some texts in here? One listener says, every time I went to Sugars, I had that (laughs) feeling. (laughs) Another Uh, says, make all players who transfer and all coaches from the school they're transferring to give their phone records to a committee to verify there was no pre-portal tampering. Again, you're getting into some really volatile legal territory mm-hmm. there and also again you can you can game the system in such a way that the phone records are going to come up clean like i promise you mule shoe could hand over his phone records oh, to a committee mule right now devious of course yes yeah, but those those phone records will be squeaky clean because i promise you he and uh, his usc cronies are very are being very intentional about the way that they're going about all of this so that they can say, if they're ever challenged on it, nope, this is all legal. We're doing this legally. Here's how and here's how and here's how. Mule Shoe, even though he's from freaking Mule Shoe, Texas, is a very bright individual. Very smart guy. Very creative guy. But, again, uh, that's why he would be very difficult to catch because I see him as being very devious. He would, he'd be the guy that could cover his tracks. You might find the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot before you find dirt on Muleshoe because he's going to, again, all this back-channel stuff, just like, and just sit there and bold-faced lie to you about, well, it, it all happened in two hours or whatever. Yeah, dude, okay, right. But uh, he's not the kind of guy that would make leave a paper trail or anything. Right, yeah, now, it clearly needs to be in prison. There's no doubt about that, but we just haven't <laughs> got there yet. It all happened in two hours. What a joke of a lie. That Yeah, it all happened in two hours, and Jimmy Hoffa is still alive, holed up in a cabin in Colorado. All right, back to the text line. 
One listener says, where do you think a school like BYU ranks in terms of the riches of college football? Will be interesting to see how they adjust mm-hmm. to Power 5 play. Interested in hearing y'all's thoughts on that. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. I would think that uh, the Mormon Church and BYU's probably got a lot of money. Got their own network, right? They do. Now, it's not like the Longhorn Network, you're seeing sports, you're seeing, you know, a lot of religious programming and BYU programming and some sports thrown in also. But I would think that, you know, and, and a different kind of athlete obviously goes to BYU, right? Generally, yes. And so I think BYU is one one of those schools that might be somewhat portal and NIL proof. How, who? What's a good comparison for BYU? I would say Iowa, honestly. Iowa is very much cut from the same cloth as BYU because Iowa really only recruits regionally. They'll pull a kid from Florida every now and again, and they're not completely confined to the Midwest, but Iowa has such a sway for local prospects, many of whom – Grew up on farms in rural areas, right? That's for for whatever reason, Iowa has that segment of the market absolutely cornered. Very rarely will you see a player from within the state of Iowa go to anywhere else but Iowa or Iowa State. And Iowa generally has first dibs on a lot of those kids because they grow up watching Iowa football and they've just cultivated a culture that speaks to that type of player. So Iowa is always going to have a competitive football team. They're never going to have an elite football team, but they will always have a competitive football team that will be somewhat immune from the ebbs and flows of the transfer portal and NIL. BYU is much in that same vein. Yeah, I like that comparison. All right, uh, Mike, chill out. Don't be so dramatic. Once the players suit up and the season starts, everyone is locked in and ready to go. College football will be like normal. It's all good. College football ain't going nowhere. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And look, at some of this is for dramatic effects and artistic license is being taken here. Uh, you know me, you should never take me too seriously. I always try and over-dramatize or make things stupid. But uh, I am concerned. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. But, again, yesterday I started to see a little bit of pushback, more pushback from people than I've seen. And you can't rely on the NCAA. You, you just can't. Like I said, Mark Emmert was like, man, I'm sounding the fire alarm now, and I'm the first one out of here, you know, and then it goes off, and he just sprints out the door. Well, he didn't sprint because he can't, but you know what I mean? He saw what was happening. I don't know, but we did name the four horsemen of the college football apocalypse. If you think you want to add another one, we had the four horsemen being the NIL, the transfer portal, Jimbo Fisher and none other than Muleshoe, Lincoln Riley, the four horsemen of the college football apocalypse, bringing death, famine, and destruction, and a lot of tampering with them. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Early rush is still really good rush. Really, really good. So good. All right, welcome back. It is a Wednesday. Hope you're doing all right. Hope you're doing better than all right. Hope you're doing great. And uh, I'm Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. Home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Be very weather aware today. 
Shea texted me earlier today, said we need to have a game plan. You might have to leave the stream and get down in the cellar. So we're prepared to go, get in the storm shelter. We'll have beverages, dog treats, three dogs, Shay, myself, a fan, and a radio. You know, probably, Why the fan? Does well, it get hot down there? It can get a little hot down there, yes. Unfortunately for me, just being totally honest, I'll probably, well, I know, there's no probably. I will have smokeless tobacco, too. And kids, don't, oh, get, boy. don't get started on that stuff. I'm just telling you, don't. Don't, 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 don't do it. I'm talking to you. Don't do it. It's, uh, it's, it's somewhat hillbilly, and it's very hard to stop. Yeah, that might be the most hillbilly thing about you. I know. I don't like hillbilly activities, but that is, that's my hillbilly activity. You know? I mean, it's, it's really it's bad. It's a bad addiction. It's a bad addiction. It's not good. So I'm just telling you, those are the supplies that we'll need. And, of course, you got to have your phones, of course. Maybe I'll bring the Nintendo Switch down there, too, and play. That way I can get a ga- good game of Fortnite in while we're blowing away. <laughs> Oh, man. You have a Nintendo Switch, huh? I, Dude, I'm like almost 59 going on 12. You know what I have? In some ways. You know what I have back at my place? A Nintendo GameCube. Really? Yeah. Man. I, I, it's, it's the only console I own. I haven't moved on from it. I got it for my sixth birthday. What was your go-to game back in the day? My go-to game to this day is, I, I mean, okay, 2005. Well, I guess technically 2004 because that's when all the games were with the 2005 label release. But 2004 was an outstanding year in the realm of sports video games because Madden 2005, mm-hmm. I would contend, is one of the top three Madden games ever released. NBA Live 2005 is fantastic. You have NCAA Football 2005. You have MVP Baseball 2005, which was the last iteration of that game mm-hmm. ever, and that was outstanding as well. And then you had what I believe is the most fun video game, like just obnoxious degrees of fun of all time, and that is NFL Street. NFL Street was pretty good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was I, pretty good. NFL Street, like that was a game, because typically I have... That was the NFL's answer to NBA Jam. Oh, man. I, I See, I typically have an expiration date with video games where I'm just like, I, I'll play it for like an hour and a half tops, and then I can't. I just can't do any more. Like... Mm-hmm. I have a certain, I have a t- almost like a time limit where my eyes just start to burn, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta shut it off and do something else. With NFL Street, man, that was the type of game that me and my buddies, especially in high school and college, we could legitimately just waste hours playing that game. It was so much fun. Still, is. one of those, one Still of those is. pick up and play party games. I remember playing NBA Jam. Uh, by the way, uh, but anyway. The um, the NBA Jam game, when it first came out, uh, we thought, man, this is the coolest. You know, he's on fire. And then you had, if you could find these codes, you could unlock players. And you could unlock even, like, I remember playing NBA Jam. It was Bill and Hillary Clinton against, like, the Boston Celtics. You could unlock Bill and Hillary Clinton this was on the Sega. Maybe maybe it was on the Nintendo. It was one of them. But you could type a code in, and boom, Bill Clinton appears. Type another one in, boom, Hillary Clinton appears. Now, of course, the liberals got a hold of it or something. But 
And you could literally put them in the game, and Hillary Clinton would be skying 20 feet above the rim, spinning around 20 times, and then dunking the basketball on, like, the NBA jam Larry Bird. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Not, not the, you know, the Clintons, because you could put other celebrities in there and stuff, but I just thought how ridiculous that was. By the way, this is a first on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. One of our listeners says, I realize you're transmitting your shows from your home bathrooms, but can you work on the technical sound of your broadcast? You sound like you're communicating via tin cans. We are working on that. I heard that on the FM side the other day, and I kind of said the same thing, but we are working on that. There must be an issue maybe with the HD part of it or something, but we're working on that. I promise you. Okay? Is it okay on the AM side? Uh, I haven't checked the AM side in a uh, while, see. but I know the sound was a little bit low and a little well, it was a lot of bit low and tinty the other day. Interesting. It's like if you're on, let's say you're 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 going around your uh, what do you call them? You're just your ch- your channel punch. What what do they call those? Your favorites or whatever on the radio. I know nobody listens, you know, uh, to radio a whole lot. It's usually an app or whatever. But you know, when you're pushing another channel, your favorites. Uh, you know, some of them will be jumping out, like if you're on a music station, and ours is pretty low. So hopefully, uh, I know the engineers were working on that yesterday. So I it, always it, we're I, we're aware. I always listen to the uh, the first segment of the rush when mm-hmm. on my drive back home on the AM side. Am I the only one that just prefers the AM si- the, the sound of AM radio more so than FM? I am I, am I just because I'm old school and that's what I mm-hmm. grew up on? Yeah, but. There's something about that little crackle on the AM that just feels I right. mean, maybe, probably. I, I don't know how what percentage of our listeners would be on the AM side now, but there are probably some old sticklers because we just got one from the 918 that said the AM is good. So, yeah, we're working on that. I promise you. We are, we are trying to get that addressed. One listener says, left, right, A, B, B, A, and dunk from anywhere. <laughs> That's right. That's right. NBA Jam was a fun game. Man, and we all miss NCAA football. You could create your own teams. And uh, I thought Mike would go with Pong. <laughs> Pong. Did you ever play Pong? Oh, yeah. I'm old enough, man, to play. I played some Pong back in the day. And we thought, man, this is the coolest thing ever. How tight tech is this? This is, I don't know if it'll get any better than this. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> One listener says, sounds good on the app. Steely is a little whiny, but not sure technology will help hey, that. Hey, come on, man. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm actually kind of whiny. No, I, I am very much of the opinion that video games have not improved since the year 2005. 2005, right? No, I'm sorry, 2004. I got to get 2005 out of my head. 2004 was the zenith. For sports video games. That is the hill I will die on. Well, and games are so different now. You used to have the physical disc. Now it's a digital download. Like uh, Fortnite's what I play on the stream when we game and talk sports and everything. And you get, you know, a new version every week. They see, there's an item shop where you can buy characters, which we call skins. That's how the kids, that's how they make all their money. Epic Games is that you get the game for free. But in the item shop, you want to buy Spider-Man or Batman, it's going to cost you, you know, 12 to $25. And the kids, guess what? They'll drive their parents crazy. Can I get that skin, please? And that's why, you know, Epic Games has made billions off that game because of the, uh, the skins. It may be a free-to-download game, and you don't have to get the skins, but guess what? All the kids want them, including this kid right here. 
Yeah, I'm not going to apologize. Actually, I'm really sorry. But anyway, we'll take a break right here. We have a lot of texts rolling in. Keep them coming. We appreciate all the texts each and every day on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I got to mention our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Paul's Valley. Exit 72. Great deal on a vehicle, car, or truck at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Great guarantee. Oil changes. Engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's the best deal you can get right there. Also, this is a heck of a deal going into the uh, bumper with a little rush right here on the ref. Keep it here. We're coming right back. All right. Welcome back. Good to have you along on a Wednesday. Thank you again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal from the Seth Wadley Auto Group. We do have uh, Bedlam Softball starting tomorrow night. 7 o'clock. I believe that's an ESPN2 broadcast tomorrow night. Friday at 6. All these games in Norman at Marita Hines Field. And then Saturday at 4 o'clock. ESPN2 Friday night. Saturday it's ESPNU at 4 o'clock. Number 1, Oklahoma. Number 7, Oklahoma State. Sooners are 45-1. and one. Kenny Gajewski's done a great job uh, with the Cowgirls. They're 38-9 on the year. So Sooners lost to Dallas Baptist University. Uh, what else is new? They haven't won there since uh, 2010. Uh, since that year, they're 0-6 at Dallas Baptist. They lose 2-1, uh, not 2-1, to 10-1 to last night. They go to TCU this weekend, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday afternoon for those matchups with um, TCU in Big 12 play. Uh, Jordan Addison, we haven't seen anything yet, right, officially as to where he's going. <laughs> but you, you think – You know what's happening, Mike. Emil Schuster, hey, let's, let's hold off on a couple days, all right? So and this is a horrible mule shoe impression, but that's what, what's going on here. It's kind of like I, I come to believe now that Caleb Williams thing was almost a, a facade, these trips and everything. He was going to SC all along. They were just trying to make it look good. Mr. Shortcuts was trying to make himself look better, and maybe that's what's going to happen with Jordan Addison. You know, because if, boom, he's in the portal, and then, boom, one hour later or ten minutes later you get Jordan Addison tweeting out, headed to USC. Muleshoe does care about his image, and his image right now is in shambles. He's the poster child. Really, and I think even more so than uh, than Jimbo is, of everything that's wrong with college football right now. That's the reason he's taking every opportunity in interviews and the Players' Tribune and elsewhere to try and fluff up his image. You know, uh, what cost is your reputation? You've got a beautiful mansion there in California and, you know, you know all, all of that. That's great. Yes. Good for you, but what? does it cost when you exercise your soul man the funniest the, a lot. the funniest moment of this whole ordeal to me as far as mule shoes concerned was when he did i think it was the espn interview and he was like we didn't take players from oklahoma we took players from the transfer portal it's again it's now, all again, semantics but, and it's but he all, really thought he did oh, something oh, yeah. there like yeah. he was like oh man i got this one liner that's yeah. gonna kill him when yeah. i do this interview can you see the uh, yeah like the media session all right guys uh, link you're going on man you're going on espn how are we gonna handle this well, i've got it right here i'm just gonna say it took players from the portal they weren't at oklahoma because in his world's semantics and half-truths partial truths work 
That's like the world of politics. Just lie, 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 lie until you think everybody's going to believe it. And unfortunately, there are enough dumbasses out there that eventually do believe it. You know? He really thought that quote was going to be written on his tombstone or something like that. (laughs) Like, he thought that was going to be his Nick Saban, I'm not going to, so quit asking moment. Yeah. He really thought that one was going to get the run on social media for months and years and decades. All right, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, uh, 405-651-3439. One listener says, college basketball video games were really fun. Yes, but thanks to Ed O'Bannon yeah. and the NCAA. Ed no O'Bannon, man, that should, that was the, uh, I don't know, which, who was the archbishop that got, who started uh, the assassination of uh, the archbishop that started World War I? Franz Ferdinand? Yes, Ferdinand. He was that was like the first shot of the NIL war. It was Ed O'Ban <laughs> fired by Ed O'Bannon way back in the day when he saw his caricature on, you know, hey man, that's that's my number. What was Ed O'Bannon? Thirty one, I believe. And he was left handed. That's that looks just like me. And that was the day the music died. Another listener says, keep dipping, Steely. Not having any teeth is the epitome of hillbilly. I know. It's bad. Believe me, I have my dentist check all the time, every time. It's really bad. I Believe me, I know how bad it what, is. What does your dentist say? Is he, he says just like, that, is he just you know, to the point some, where there's some There's some gum recession, but there's nothing cancerous, but tells me to move it around. And, you know, that's what I try and do. So it's, I realize it's totally redneck. I realize it's, you know, it's horrible for you. It's my vice, my, the vice that I have, and it's really bad. Okay, another Don't do it, kids. I'm telling you. Another question from the 918. Once UCF joins the Big 12, do you think they'll be able to compete with all the other Florida schools in NIL and recruiting? I actually do. That, isn't the that the largest school in Florida? It is the largest school yeah. enrollment-wise in the entire United States. Is it really? Yes. Wow. So the critical mass is there. Obviously, Orlando is a bit more of an affluent area. You're going to have some influential and wealthy boosters that are going to be able to play the game. But you can only play the game to such a degree when you're in the AAC. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the Big 12 and you got that Power 5 badge of honor, things change. So, yeah, I can see UCF being able to go toe-to-toe as far as these NIL bidding wars with the likes of Florida and Miami. I don't think that's completely asinine to suggest. Yeah, Miami's an interesting program because they, they had that stretch where they won like five national titles in 17 years. They were a thorn in Oklahoma's side during the end of the Switzer era. Um, but they've also, you know, some of those, uh, you know, some of those Miami teams are arguably the best teams in college football history. I still think they got screwed in that Ohio State game, but it's really weird. It's like Miami might come back a little bit. They're never going to be back to where the U was or not anytime soon. And that, that was such an unbelievable run they had. I really, I believe it was like five national titles in 17 or 18 years. I have to look back at it, but it was pretty amazing. State of Miami. Howard Schnellenberger. Well, they brought me here not to run the wishbone. What a classic. That was a complete year. That was like, you know what, guys? We're taking a year off from serious football for comic relief. Is that all right for everybody? We're bringing in Howard Schnellenberger. 
and his pipe and suspenders. That's the only way that season worked. Is it like like, like that year that Dennis Miller was the color commentator on Monday Night Football? <laughs> that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. Yes, absolutely. Who um, else didn't uh, didn't like uh, Countdown have Rush Limbaugh on or something? Oh too man, at the like time? ESPN's talent pairings for Monday Night Football have been an adventure over the years. Tony Kornheiser was the color guy at one yeah, point. Yeah. There was the one-off Jason Witten experiment. Oh, that was a disaster. Like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. I don't think they're an elite broadcasting duo, but they're going to be easily the best that ESPN has ever had for Monday Night Football. Well, since Alan John. I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty good. I like uh, Nance and Romo better, uh, but I, you know, I think both those teams are really good. But yeah, I forgot Dennis Miller came in for Monday Night Football, didn't he? Yes. I still I like to this day I have no idea whose idea that yeah, was. Yeah, I think it was Al or, Michaels who gave it the thumbs up. They brought him in for like an audition with a bunch of other people and Al Michaels told whoever who would have been the Monday Night Football producer at the time. I don't know, but he said, "You know what? I think this guy can be pretty good, you know." Interesting. Do you believe in miracles? You know what the the legend of Al Michaels is is that he's never eaten a vegetable in his life. Really? Yes. Wow. Like won't touch them. And, like, we all know somebody like that that doesn't eat their veggies. Mm -hmm. But with Al Michaels, it's apparently such an extensive distaste for vegetables that if he's at a restaurant and the waiter accidentally brings him his burger with a lettuce leaf on it, he sends the whole thing back. That is the urban legend. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's probably a little. Mm-hmm. That's probably a little worse than smokeless tobacco, to be honest with you. And Al Michaels is still kicking at seventy-six years old and doing a dang good job. He so is, man. He is. That diet's working out. Dandy Don Meredith was the best color commentator ever. He was entertaining. He was entertaining, and you couldn't wait. Uh, you knew that you could go to bed as a kid when you heard Don Meredith sing "Turn Out the Lights, the Party's Over" on the game. So. Yeah, I always like Don Meredith. Okay, we'll break right here, and when we get back, we've got one more award-winning segment, hopefully, maybe. I'll I'll put a 30% guarantee on it, and uh, we'll get more of your texts in as well. Bedlam softball tomorrow night in Norman. You've got baseball, the Sooners at TCU this weekend. We have NBA hoops tonight. Sixers at the Heat at 6.30. Miami up one zip in that series. Mavs at Phoenix tonight, 9 o'clock on TNT. Great bounce back by the Celtics. They dominate the Bucks last night, 109-86. And Memphis over the Warriors, 106-101. What a, grand, what a game for Ja Morant. Ja Morant, most exciting player in the NBA right now. I'm not saying he's the best. He's up there. He's way up there. But I think most exciting player in the NBA, Ja Morant. All right, we'll break right here. One more segment to go. Keep it here. All right, welcome back. You like uh, good food, good music, hanging out with the fam, a kid-friendly environment. You'll love Riverwind Casino, Beats and Bites Festival 2022. Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas, the first show coming up on uh, May 28th. And uh, that'll be a heck of a show to get things started in, in June, Everclear along with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something on June 18th and July. Two great shows. 
the Randy Rogers Band on July 9th, followed by an incredible fireworks display. Riverwind always puts on a spectacular fireworks show. And then on July 30th, Scotty McCreary will be on the Beats and Bites stage. You can get all your individual uh, tickets right now for each show, either at the box office at Riverwind Casino or at uh, the website, on the website, riverwind.com. $5, just 5 Bucks per ticket. And again, all the best local food trucks, kid games. Uh, it's a kid friendly environment. You got vendors out there. You can bring your pets. All presented by Coop Ale Works along with Riverwind Casino, Beats and Bites 2022. All right, let's get to as many texts as, as we can. We have one from Doug the Contrarian. This will be fantastic. Doug the Contrarian here. Speaking of semantics, you guys are very duplicitous. Good word, Doug. I appreciate that. When Rattler is driving not one but two brand new cars, your station was saying, that's not the University of Oklahoma, that's a local car dealer deal. And everyone was bragging about his great NIL deal. Really? Now these deals are bad and evil because everyone else is doing them. Go bury your heads in the sand and pretend that OU and Venables are as pure as the driven snow. Just saying. Hmm, I don't remember saying they were local car. I mean, I, they were, I guess. I don't remember talking a lot about it, to be honest with you. Maybe, you know, and they were. They, it was Kane's Chicken, right? And then he got, there were a couple vehicles. I can't remember where wh- who the deal was with. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's it seems like, look, Brent Venables, I think he's going to try and do things the right way. I don't think there's anybody out there walking among us that is pure as the driven snow. It's just not uh, how we are. No, but certainly not. The uh, the nature, I I think that he would be one of the guys you'd ha- would have to worry about the least in college football to go complete snake oil, you know. And look, like like Muleshoe has. The reality, Doug the Contrarian, is that we're not saying this is USC, right? We I I've made the concession. Time and time, time again, that this is all technically legal. Mm-hmm. What is happening between USC and Jordan Addison is, in all technicality, legal. And I say it's happening between USC and Jordan Addison because it is. And the back channeling that's being done, again, is legal. And I would have to imagine, and we don't know all the grimy details of what all is going on behind the scenes, but you'd have to imagine that Mule Shoe and his cronies are taking very cautious steps to make sure that they don't run afoul of compliance. But at the end of the day, it's not as if some external company is offering Jordan Addison $3 million in NIL money just because. No. what Whatever is on the table for Jordan Addison in L.A. is on the table under the condition that he transfers to USC. It is an enticement. What Spencer Rattler's deal was, and look, was it an exorbitant deal? You can make that argument. I know there's the contingent of people that believe it affected his performance on the field. But that was an opportunity for Spencer Rattler to monetize his name, image, and likeness. The heart behind that deal was, what's the word I'm looking for here? It was commensurate with the original intent of NIL legislation. This is not. This is not. No, and again, uh, I do think that we all thought it was going to be about, well, you know, guess what? Perry on Winfrey, he can go get an NIL deal. Nick Benito, you get an NIL deal. For your name, image, and likeness, you're a great player. What we didn't envision, and perhaps that was rather naive, 
we knew there would be some of it going on, but this became pay for play. This became a recruiting enticement, both through for high school kids and kids in the portal, you know. And, you know, the semantics thing about that, Muleshoe, speaking of duplicitous, he can, you know, he can say, well, you know, uh, uh, booster, you know, number ABC over here. He's got a, a dealership here in L.A. and he's 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 putting money into our collective and. He designated that that three million go to Jordan Addison, or I don't know how they work work it, but you know, people who like to break the rules find a way to break the rules, and that goes. And it's not just uh, you know. I think there are a lot of college coaches doing that right now. Whoever it's is- like the rich, it's like a rich corporation look looking for tax loopholes, right? Yeah. How is it the very wealthiest paid, you know, percentage-wise, such a small amount? And Joe Blow, you know, is over here getting taxed to death because they're smart, they're devious to a certain extent. They look for loopholes. Whoever, whoever was paying off Spencer Rattler with that NIL deal was paying Spencer Rattler because he was the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma and his name meant more in this market than pretty much anybody's. So it was good for business. There was legitimate reason on their end to contract Spencer Rattler's name, image, and likeness and use him to advertise their brand. Whoever is paying off Jordan Addison on the California side of things is paying him off so that he'll come to USC. They don't care about promoting anything with Jordan Addison's name, image, or likeness. All they care about is him wearing a USC jersey this fall. Yeah, I agree. All right, folks, good job on the Air Comfort Solutions uh, text line today. You do it every day. Shouldn't be surprised, you guys. Even if you don't agree, it's always good stuff. Well, 99.8% of it. No, actually, 99.7, I think, is the exact number. we got to get out of here, make way for uh, Tyler McComas and Locked In coming up here at the top of the hour. Have a great Wednesday. Be safe.